Following a transfer. From atop the lowest state theater building. Colossal, tremendous. Tales of intrigue, adventure, and the mysterious occult that will stir your imagination and make your very blood run cold. This is Dark Adventure Radio Theater with your host, Creighton Cobb. Today's episode, The White Tree, a tale of Inspector Legrasse. The police inspector who once probed the mysteries of the Cthulhu cult now finds himself on a case which leads him once again into the forbidding bayous of Louisiana. Will his investigations pit him against deranged cultists, the abominations they worship, or something even more evil and insidious? But first, a word from our sponsor. Do you know the awkwardness and discomfort that accompanies rapture? If you do, or know someone who does, you need a grip you right truss. This scientifically designed truss gives you the support you need, right in the places where you need it most. Don't settle for inferior products that gouge, bind, or can enlarge openings. Say goodbye to leg straps and cutting belts, because this is the most comfortable truss created yet. Our unique patented design guarantees it not to slip whether you're at work or play. Grip You Right is lightweight and waterproof, and our dry cell batteries provide genuine electrical stimulation. Don't wait another day. Order our free booklet, Advice for the Ruptured, today. For your free informative booklet, write to Department G, Grip You Right Medical Supply Company, Box 402, Toledo, Ohio. Grip You Right, the trust you can trust. And now, Dark Adventure Radio Theater presents The White Tree. A tale of Inspector Legrasse. <laughs> well, young man, I hope you enjoyed your graduation party. I most certainly did, Grandpa. I- I'm glad you could be here. I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> I remember you knee-high to a grasshopper. <laughs> now look at you, a high school graduate. My, my. What's next for you? I reckon you've been giving that some thought. Yes, sir. And? I- I'm thinking I want to join the police. Like you, Inspector Legrasse, Norland's Police Department. Now, why on God's green earth would you want to go and do a thing like that, huh? Well, you got a brain in your head, boy. Go off to college, get yourself an education. Yeah, but police work is exciting. And I'd be helping people, bringing, I I don't know, justice. (laughs) What? I'm brave enough, I'm smart enough, I I think I could be a good cop. Claude, you listen to me and you listen good. Policemen aren't no different than any other man. There's good ones, there's brave ones... 
And there's ones that aren't so good and aren't so brave. Isn't that all the more reason to join the force? What about architecture? I hear they got a good program at Louisiana State. Grandpa. Justice. Bravery. Fetch me that bottle, Cloud. I've seen things on the job, Cloud. Things no man should have to see. Well, you were on the job for... 36 years. And it's true. On the good days, you get excitement. You, you work with good, brave men. You deliver justice. But, Cloud, they ain't all good days. Well, no, they can't all be good days. There was a case some years back. Not long before I was fixing to retire from the force. Would have been June of 22. By the end of my policing days, I hardly ever left the precinct building. Stacks of paperwork and files and reports, but every now and again, a case comes and finds you. Jabbly! What's all this in my inbox? Just last week's closed case files. And the monthly budget. And the personnel report from Precinct 4. Case files. What in God's name? Jabbly! Jabbly! Yes, sir? Get in here! What's the problem, sir? Did you write this report, Lieutenant? Um... Case file for Antoine Lavache. Says here he was brought in for being drunk and disorderly. Oh, yep, I remember him. Uh, just some white trash kind of fella. He sobered up and let him go. That's what this here report says. A report that you signed. Yes, sir. It also says here he was ranting about a gang getting up to things in the woods and that a monster came to life and killed a Negro down in the bayou. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And you didn't think that was something which I'd want brought to my attention in person before he was released? Uh, sir, I don't reckon we should bother you with a drunk. How long you been in my department, Lieutenant? Eight years now, more or less. Eight years, huh? Now, I don't mean to argue. I've been on the force 36 years, and in all that time, I've only got one case that wasn't solved to my satisfaction. You over here about the Raid 07? Oh, yes, sir. There isn't a man in the precinct who doesn't know about you leading our men into that swamp, capturing a gang of maniac devil worshippers. I've been chasing down leads on that case for the last 15 years. And since that time, I tell every man who works here, if you hear about something like that, if, if you hear some name you can't figure out how to spell, I want to hear about it straight away. You know that, Lieutenant? You ever hear me say something like that? Oh, yes, sir. But, but I didn't figure this was nothing like that. I... You didn't figure. You get a lot of drunks talking about monsters in the swamp killing people? No, sir. You look into this Negro being killed? No, sir. I... No, you listen to me. You listen good. If you ever hear tell something like this, you come and get me. And I don't care if you pull me out of bed in my damn pajamas. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Now, this lavash. Where's he from? Said he lived in the bayou country down near Vermilion. Hand me my jacket, Lieutenant Jabley. Where are you going? The bayou country down near Vermilion. Now that raid on the swamp cult was in all the newspapers. Department even gave me a medal for it. But it was the only case I ever had that made me feel more troubled after it was closed. Why? You and your men captured the whole group. Survivors were hanged or locked up in the loony bin, right? True enough, Claude, but... I always felt it was somehow just a middle chapter of a much longer story. When I saw this Lavash case, I felt sure it had something to do with what happened out in those woods 15 years before. That afternoon, I headed down to Vermilion. As a professional courtesy, I started with the parish's chief lawman.
help you? Uh, yes, ma'am. I was hoping to have a word with the sheriff. Do you have an appointment? No, ma'am. <laughs> you all? John Raymond Legrasse, Inspector, New Orleans Police. Inspector? I'm sorry, we were expecting you. Here, follow me. Sheriff's out back. Sheriff! Inspector's here to see you from the Nolan's PD! My hands are full. Send him on down. You can go on down. He's working on that motorboat. Mind your step down the dock. Thank you kindly. Sorry, you caught me up to my elbows and grease. I'd shake your hand, but... Inspector, John Raymond Legrasse. Jerry Morpain. On oh, Evan Rude outboard, huh? That a two-cylinder? Yes, sir. She's a sassy beast, though. But we gotta make sure the department's always got a boat that's ready to run. Plenty of places in this parish you can't get to no other way than through the bayou. Oh, sounds like you got her. For the time being. Now, what brings you all the way down here from Norlands? Oh, just following up on a fellow who found himself in our jail. Figured I'd check in before I started looking around your parish for him, Sheriff. I just have a couple of questions for him. I'm mighty courteous of you. Now, who are we looking for? Name's Antoine Lavache. Hmm. You know him? It's a small town here. One way or another, the sheriff ends up hearing about most folks. What do you know about him? Just a regular fella, I suppose. Runs a shrimp boat. I seen him in church. Well, which uh, church would that be? What are you looking at Lavache for, Inspector? He done something? No, he's not a suspect. I was just hoping to talk to him about a cold case we got back in New Orleans. I gotcha. Well, what do you say we hop in the boat and I'll take you over to have a word with them? Oh, I don't want to keep you from whatever you got going. Not at all. It's a slow day. So far. <laughs> Why don't you hop in and we'll run down now and have a look-see. Yeah, Antoine's place ain't much to look at. But I figure he does all right. Shrimpin's hard work. I've always heard that. Antoine! It's me, Sheriff Morpain. I got a policeman here from New Orleans. Mind if we have a word? Much obliged. I'll just let myself in. Well, what in tarnation happened to you? Looks like you took quite a licking. I, uh, well, I got in a fight. Sure looks that way. Who'd you fight? Antoine, this here's Inspector Legrasse from the Nolens Police Department. He says he's got some questions for you. You all right to talk now, Mr. Lavache? Ooh, that's a doozy of a shiny you got there. Yeah, I, I reckon. Well, I, I just wanted to follow up on some things you said when you were in our jail last week. You said something about a, a Negro being killed down the bayou. You remember that? I, uh... Well, tell the inspector. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't know nothing about that. No? Well, I suppose that's not so unusual hereabouts. You sure? Um. Think hard, Antoine. Well, I, I, I've been drinking, Inspector, a lot. I saw that in your file. I, I saw you also said something about seeing some kind of strange thing, a, a monster or something, in the woods. You remember that? I, uh, well, see, sometimes I say stuff that don't make no sense when, when, uh, when, when I've been drinking. Oh, I can vouch for that. 
I mean, not me directly, of course. But some of the drunks we pick up, they'll spin a crazy yarn. Where was it? You saw this thing. It was... What? Uh, what are you saying, Antoine? Uh, no, I, I, I don't remember nothing about that now. I, I, I truly don't know. Uh, I see. And who'd you say gave you that china? Uh, Dennis Blue. He works on my boat. What did you fellas fight over? Hell, Dennis would get in a fight with his own shadow. Meaner than a one-eyed cat, that fella. Yeah? Uh-huh. And when was this fight? It... You wanted to say something, Sheriff? No, no. Go ahead, answer him, Antoine. The night before... The night before... Uh, last. I see. Well, you remember anything about that dead Negro, you call my office. Number is right here on my card. Or you can just tell me. I'll pass it along to the inspector. Okay. Uh, inspector? Yeah? You got something else to say, Antoine? I, uh, I, I know it was just a drink talking that night. That's what I know. You hush now, Antoine. We best leave you get some rest. Uh, thank you for your time, Mr. Lavage. Looks like he took a hell of a beating. Ah, uh, you should see the other guy. <laughs> Blue? Why, what happened to him? Uh, no, it's just a saying. So, did you get what you needed out of him? I wouldn't call him a fountain of information. Seemed to trifle skittish. Oh, seemed all right to me. Did he blab about anything else back when y'all had him in the lockup? I'm wondering if maybe he did see something strange out in the woods. Maybe some kind of cult meeting or some unorthodox church. Round here? I mean, some of the darkies got their voodoo and all, but no white man gonna be within a mile of that. You never heard any talk of cults, secret societies, that kind of thing? I heard stories of a police raid breaking up something like that years ago. Now, if there was something like that, Widow Hubado might know. Who's that? She owns Mont Blanc, the biggest plantation in the parish. She and her husband used to study that kind of thing. He'd give lectures up at Tulane before he passed. They were well connected. I should probably stop by and pay her a call. Mm, why don't you let me see if I can set something up for you? Much obliged, Sheriff. The Sheriff got us both invited to a supper at the Hubido Mansion the following night. I returned to Orleans and picked up this strange idol the Swamp Cult worshipped. I've kept it down in the evidence lockup all these years. It's a odd thing. I've always wanted to see it. Boy, there's some things it's best never to see. So what happened? The sheriff drove us out to the Hubido plantation. It was a grand antebellum mansion, one of the finest I've ever seen. Well, here we are. Whew. I must say, that is one fine home. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome to Mont Blanc. Impressive. Oh, Lagrasse. May I take your valise, sir? What's that? Uh, I know. This stays with me. Yes, sir. How big a spread they got here. If you gentlemen would be so kind as to wait here, I will let Mrs. Hubino know you've arrived. Impressive. You can say that again. Mrs. Hubino, may I introduce Sheriff Morpain and Inspector John Lagrasse of New Orleans. Jerry, always a pleasure to have you here at Mont Blanc. Ma'am. And Inspector. Such a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Oh, most gracious of you to extend us such an invitation, ma'am. Any friend of law and order is always welcome in my home. Gentlemen, why don't we chat in the salon until supper's ready? 
May I offer you a refreshment? I wouldn't say no. I hope you won't be disappointed, but this is a dry house, Inspector. That suits me fine, ma'am. I am on duty, after all. Nice to see some members of law enforcement still take note of prohibition. Emerson, have Maisie make us a pitcher of lemonade. Right away, ma'am. Now, why don't you make yourself comfortable, Inspector? The widow Huberdo put on quite a feast for us that night. But it was afterwards, in the library of that fine old mansion, that we got down to business. Right this way, gentlemen. We can finish our chat in here. Emerson, bring us some coffee. Certainly, ma'am. I must say, this is a fine library you've assembled here. It was mostly my father-in-law's doing. He was what you'd call a, a bibliophile. But my late husband did what he could to expand our collection. This must be one special volume you got here in this glass case. Yes. That's the family Bible. More than 200 years old now. Of course, it's irreplaceable. Oh, of course. Won't you take a seat, Inspector? Jerry? I must thank you again, ma'am. I can't recall the last time I enjoyed such a fine meal. Ah, you're too kind. I confess I'm partial to Maisie's turtle soup myself. Now, Jerry here tells me you have questions for me about a... A case? Well, it's my understanding that you and your late husband had some familiarity with, uh, well, shall we say, fringe religious groups in the region. Cults, secret societies, that sort of thing. One doesn't like to boast, Inspector, but my late husband was a well-regarded authority on such topics. I may have soaked up a bit of that knowledge as well. For some years now, I've been following up leads from a case that led me to a cult of half-breed seamen that got up to some kind of rituals out in the swamp. They worshipped a god they said came from the stars. I, I brought their idol with me. Does it mean anything to you? What a queer thing. I can't say I've ever seen anything like it. Does it have a name? They call their god Cthulhu. That sound familiar? I think I'd remember a name like that. Emerson, bring it here. Yes, ma'am. Careful with that. Of course, sir. Seems to me we'd have heard plenty if anyone round here were praying to that thing. We have enough troubles with the Catholics. (laughs) (laughs) As I said, this was years ago. I'd never forgotten about it, but another case came up recently, and I wondered if there might be some connection there. You mean Antoine Lavache, right? I still don't see the connection. I can't be sure there is one just yet, but... Inspector, it shouldn't shock you to know we do have one... uh, How did you put it? Secret society at work in the parish? How's that? I think what Mrs. Huberdeau is referring to is more of a civil defense force. Like-minded folks who have joined together to protect this great nation and our way of life. That'll be all now, Emerson. Yes, ma'am. Good local citizens coming together to take a stand against the moral threats to our community. I see. You've got to know yourself, Inspector. There's crimes that the law can't touch. Moral crimes. Someone's got to stand up to them. Adulterers, bootleggers, immigrants, uppity negras, Catholics, threats to our nation's Christian values. I do believe I discern your meaning, ma'am. Good. I sleep better knowing that the knights of the Ku Klux Klan are out there to protect us. Uh, How many members in your local chapter? That's not the sort of thing one discusses in polite company. 
company business, you know. I'd like to think a man in your position, Inspector, would likely already share an affiliation with organizations like ours. No shortage of folks joining up in New Orleans these days, across the whole country. Of course they are. Our way of life is under siege. Millions of decent folks see that and are called to action. And when the Klan speaks, well, let's just say they can send a message that no officer in his uniform can match. I've seen such messages delivered. Very powerful. But I'm afraid the group I'm looking for stays even further in the shadows than the Klan. Well, I do hope you can ferret out whatever foreign mongrels made this horrid idol. Simply dreadful. I'll do my best, ma'am. You just say the word if you want some local help through unofficial channels. Uh, mighty kind of you, Jerry. I'm just poking about, not sure there's any connection at all. Well, I figure we've exhausted more than our fair share of Mrs. Huberdeau's hospitality. Yep, yep, that we have. Mrs. Huberdeau, always a pleasure. Sheriff. Ma'am, my thanks for a lovely evening and a fine, fine meal. A sincere pleasure, Inspector. Emerson. Will you show the officers to the door? Uh, certainly, ma'am. Sir, your uh, statue? Thank you. Ma'am. It was a quiet ride as the sheriff took me back to the hotel where I was staying the night. Seems like we got ourselves an elephant in the car. I figured we'd best talk it out. And just what elephant is that, exactly? The way you talk back there sure didn't make it sound like you're entirely on board with the actions of the Ku Klux Klan. I don't figure I'd be much of a lawman if I was. No offense. <laughs> None taken. Like I said, there's some things that the long arm of the law just can't reach. Well, I can't argue with that. So then, we gonna have any problems over this issue? If I refused to work with lawmen who were in the Klan, that'd be half the lawmen in Louisiana. Maybe more. And I'm going to try and solve my case by the Louisiana Code of Criminal Procedure. The other good book. <laughs> All right, then. Sounds like we have ourselves an understanding. That we do. Yeah, you got a file of missing persons? I thought I might take a look and see if any... I could certainly arrange that. You want to come by the office around one? I may just do that. Now, where'd I put my room key? What in tarnation? What you got there? I found this in the pocket of my coat. Look. Great God Almighty. What was it? I didn't know. It was like a little leather wallet, about three inch square, and inside was a piece of paper with markings and symbols on it, and a bit of shedded snake skin. Here, have a look. I'm not touching that. The Black's called a Gregory. It's voodoo. It's a curse. The worst kind. Voodoo, huh? You just found it in your pocket? Somebody must have slipped it in there. Well, this is bad. Well, I don't hold with no... I've seen a man killed by them things. You need help. Close the door. Where are we going? You need to see the voodoo queen. What, like Marie Laveau? You're taking me in the middle of the night to some candle-burning fortune teller? It's nothing like that. I don't think you appreciate the seriousness of your predicament. Voodoo. Look, you want to know where it came from? Who made it? What it means? Of course I do. There's one woman around here who can tell you. And she's the only one with any chance of getting a Gregory Hex off of you. What are you stopping here for? This is it. This old church. 
Doesn't look open for visitors. Place has fallen down. She'll be there. Listen, her name's Seraphine Glapion. You ask for her, and you show her that Gregory. What, you're not coming? Uh, she's had a brush or two with the law around here. She ain't gonna do me no favors. You, on the other hand, well, maybe. And this Seraphine Glapion, she's the voodoo queen? She is. Well, all right then. I'll go see what she's got to say. Hello? Anyone here? Ah, damn it. Hello? Someone there? What? You think the candle just lights itself? Seraphine Glapion? I'm not seeing anyone tonight. Well... Are you deaf? Closed. Go home. Yes, and I'm sorry, but... Of course you're sorry. You're a white man, a policeman. The rules don't apply to you. I didn't mean any offense, ma'am. I, I was told it was urgent that I should show you this. I, I don't know how this works. I, I can pay money to... Where did you get that? This. Uh, I found it in my pocket. Somebody must have slipped it. My friend says it's a Gregory. Not Gregory. This is Grigri. Uh, he says it's some kind of voodoo curse. This friend is an idiot. So it's not a curse? Oh, it may be a curse. The power of the Grigri comes from who makes it. It can be a worthless tourist trinket. It can be a token of terrible power. But this... Oh, Saint Jude, pray for me. You're Catholic? I thought you were... Voodoo, Catholicism, one coin, two sides. Bring the Grigri near the flame. Let me see. There you go. Oh, I cannot touch it. Chapriella parfois de feu. What's that? A burned cat don't go near no fire. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Can you tell who made it? There are few who would dare to call upon the old gods named in this Grigri. What gods? We do not speak their names. So it is a curse. John Raymond. You are a Catholic. You know my name. I know many things. I was schooled by nuns, but I don't... Uh, I haven't been to Mass for a bit. Do you believe in God? Well... Yes, I suppose I do. You will want faith in the battle that is to come. Battle? And what battle? The person who has put this on you, they mean to help you or to destroy you. Which I cannot say. Now those markings, can you read them? Hmm. Some. Voodoo calls on the old gods of Africa. The gods worshipped by the Bon, Bantu, Yoruba, and Congo. Slaves brought to this land. This Grigri calls the names of great old ones. Those who lived before the gods of Africa. Before the gods of any men. Did you say great old ones? Is it a cult? What is a cult but a church with no walls? No, but I mean... You pray to Saint Jude? Not as such. God is a busy man. Pray to a saint instead. Saint Jude Thaddeus, patron saint of policemen and lost causes. He is the one for you. Hmm. This Grigri... It invokes the Grand Zombie. Zombie? 
Like when the dead rise up. No, no. Our brothers and sisters on Haiti have a voodoo different from ours. Their magic can breathe life into the dead. This they call zombie. But here, we give prayers to the grand zombie, the snake god. Is that good or bad? Mm, You keep your eyes open, John Raymond. This snake can cause you great harm, but the snake can save your life. You watch for a grand zombie. You know what? I don't believe in any of this. Voodoo or... What difference does that make? If I tell you I don't believe the world is round, you still know that it is. You tells me you don't believe in voodoo. That don't make it not real. Well, can you tell me anything else? There is nothing more I can tell you, John Raymond. But Lenoir, the spirits, they speak through Seraphine. You put your hand on each side of this candle. You know the Lord's Prayer? Uh, I, I do. You say it, and you keep saying it until they've gone. What are you waiting for? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive them who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but Beware of what you seek. In Blackheart, there is an island, and on that island is the white tree. Seek it and know the darkness of man. This is evil that lives and grows. Someone else is here. They see you, John Raymond. <laughs> We are everywhere. We are nowhere. We call to the great old ones. The answer. We come for you. Pehangui, Mugulnaf, Cthulhu. Enough. Are you all right? Here, let me help you. No, don't touch me. Go now. What did all that mean? She sounds crazy. I didn't rightly know, but knowing that the sheriff was working with the clan, I wanted to have a look around without him keeping tabs on me. You think it was real? What's that? The voodoo queen? The the gree-gree? The curse? You just listen up and then you can tell me. The next morning I took the idol back to the police locker. You find what you were looking for down in Vermillion? You know how it goes, Sergeant Blair. You don't find what you're looking for, but you find lots of other stuff. Any sign of the old swamp cult? No, sir. But they all but invited me to join the clan last night. (laughs) I was in a clan once. I got kicked out. (laughs) 
<laughs> you got kicked out of the Ku Klux Klan? Yep. <laughs> the exalted Cyclops said he didn't like my attitude. The exalted Cyclops, yeah, they got all kinds of crazy titles and names. But the Cyclops runs the Clonclave. That's kind of a local chapter. Clonclave. I didn't like it. It was kind of like being in the Elks Club. Oh, except for the burning crosses and... Well, you know what they get up to. I do. You heading back down there, Jim? That I am. You mind yourself down there, John. When I got back, I went down to the docks and hired an old Cajun guide to take me out into the bayous. <laughs> I ain't never had no one want to come back this way. Your Cournois, your Blackheart Bayou, a place maybe you go hunting. But I looks at you and sees you ain't no hunter. There's an island in that bayou, Mr. Dugas. What you call me that for? I thought that was your name. <laughs> Mister. Like I be the mayor of a million. Mr. Dugas. What's your name again? John. The family name? Lagrasse. Hmm, your people not from down this way, no. <laughs> I live in New Orleans. Uh, my father came from DeSoto Parish. You're gonna find things is different hereabouts. It was a miracle he could find his way through that tangle of trees. We got to where he could no longer use the motor and pulled the boat along through the moss and roots. In another hour or two, we reached the island named by the Voodoo Queen. This the biggest island in the bayou. Here, climb over. Now. What you looking for, exactly? I'm not sure exactly. A white tree? What? We take a look for your tree. You keep your eye open for the snake. Got it. They scared us out here, too. Don't you step on none of them, neither. They don't like that. Not one bit. <laughs> I moved slowly around the island to the right as Dugas went around to the left. Trees were dense and the going was hard. I finally decided I'd had enough of this nonsense. Now, son of Hey, Lagrasse! Yeah? You best come see this. This way. There's a big clearing. What the? And maybe this your white tree. In the middle of the island was a big clearing where the grass had been trampled flat, and at one end of it was a huge white oak tree. There was a big fire ring and a couple of posts driven into the ground with leather straps fixed to them. <laughs> well, you look for a white tree, you shall find one. I never seen no tree like this out in the bayou, for sure. Look at this. Looks like Dried blood here on the ground by this post. Hmm. Maybe somebody shoot it there and dress it here. Yeah, maybe. Hey, hey, look out there! What? Oh, you got old Cottonmouth Joe's attention now. You just stand real still now. Ooh, he's getting ready to bite. See how he show you that mouthful of cotton? Let me grab a stick. Dugas! Don't you move now. Come on now, off you go now, Ugly Joe! There you go! Thank you. 
That's why we keep our eyes open out on the bayou. Got to have the snakes, though, because they eat them muskrats. Why you come to this island for the grass? I'm a policeman. There's men, crazy men, with a kind of crazy church, and I think they come out here and do very bad things. You ever hear of anything like that? But if they want to get up to crazy in the woods, this the right place. Ain't nobody going to hear no thing that happened on this island. More blood here on the ground in front of the tree. What are we going to do? You want to help me stop them? You sure bet I do. <laughs> All right, well, this is what we're going to do. Was it the Cthulhu cult? What, what were you going to do? Yeah, we'll get to that. For the moment, I had do guys take me back to town and left him with a task to do. I went looking for the sheriff, but he found me right quick. Inspector, where you been? I've been looking all over for you. I was afraid something happened last night. You met with Seraphine? That I did, and lived to tell the tale. She able to do her voodoo on that Gregory? She, I'm not sure what she did, but she did something. Where you been today? I've been looking for you. Just following up on a couple of leads. Care to say what? If they pan out, you'll be the first I'd tell. Much obliged, Inspector. I'm still following an angle that maybe Lavash was involved in a cult kind of thing. You mean like the voodoo? I tell you, that ain't nothing a white man would get himself mixed up in. Well, let's say it ain't voodoo. But maybe he ran afoul of someone. Saw something he wasn't supposed to see. You heard about that band of devil worshippers got busted up nearly 20 years back? Some crazed bunch of mulattoes and half-breeds, right? I looked into it. It was you who brought them in. Yes, sir. We ain't got nothing like that round here. Folks take going to church pretty serious down this way. I see. Well, I'll just have to keep poking about, see if I get lucky. You best be careful, Inspector. Well, now, Jerry, do I detect a hint of a threat there? Not at all. But folks can be touchy if you go prying into their affairs. And what with that, Gregory and all? I'll keep that in mind, Sheriff. You do that. I'll be seeing you, Inspector. Now, I'd had Dugas build us a blind in the woods at the edge of the island. He was a duck hunter and knew how to make a, a hideout where we could watch what went on without being seen. What happened? Well, we waited in the blind till after nightfall. It was nearly midnight when we saw flickering torches on the other side of the island. Boats were landing and people were coming ashore. So, so was it the Cthulhu cult? first couple of them seemed to be getting things ready. They, they lit a big bonfire and then went back to the boats. They didn't seem like the kind of crazed half-breeds we'd rounded up all those years ago. What did you do? Dugas and I agreed we'd just sit tight and watch. There was only the two of us and we didn't want to bring any attention to ourselves. We heard them before we actually saw them. Hope you never live to see the sight of the white robes and hoods of the Ku Klux Klan gathered together. They lined up in military rank and file surrounding three sides of the bonfire. Hear ye! I now officially proclaim that this Clonclave Clan number 17, realm of Louisiana of the Invisible Empire, Knights of the Ku Klux Klan, duly open for the dispatch of business. Ku Klux! Let any man who has not attained citizenship in the Invisible Empire set forth now under the escort of the Nighthawk. 
The Clexter and the Clorogo will take their posts to guard this clavern. I call forth the Exalted Cyclops. All hail the Exalted Cyclops! Another hooded figure entered wearing a robe with red and black stripes and insignias, followed by another one carrying a big wooden cross. We await your instructions, Excellency. My terrors, I charge you to preserve peace and persevere with honor in promoting and guarding well every interest of the invisible empire, the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Hail, exalted Cyclops! Prepare the sacred altar. They stuck the cross into the ground near the post and lit it on fire. Your Excellency, the sacred altar is prepared. The fiery cross illumines the clavern. You, faithful Clocard, what means the fiery cross? Uh, it means we're unselfish and uh, devoted to the doings of the clan um, in full all the time. My terrors and clansmen, what means the fiery cross? We serve and sacrifice for the right! My terrors and clansmen, in the sacred cause we have entered, be thou faithful unto death. Unto death! Ea Kukos! Bring forth the accused. Affix him to the post, Thomas Phipps. You stand accused before this clavern of the grave crimes of lewdness, disrespect, and dishonoring our nation. Terrors and clansmen, what verdicts do you here render? Guilty! A verdict has been rendered. Bring in the great Cloran. Another hooded figure came out of the darkness carrying the huge old family Bible from Widow Hubido's library. And they called it the Cloran? Yep. Crazy. The girls, what are we gonna do? Uh, best keep quiet. Don't figure there's much we can't do. They're gonna kill that man. I know. Thomas Phipps, you have been found guilty by this clonclave. For your crimes, you are hereby sentenced to death. In keeping with the sacred secrets of this clonclave, your body is to be given in sacrifice to the White Tree! Yeah, In the name of the name of the Great Old Ones, I call thee into life, Shub Nigurath, dreamer in death and devourer of the unrighteous! Yeah, Nath, Cthulhu Relay Waganagal Fatan! Out in heaven. She got a knife! They're gonna kill him! Great one! We make this sacrifice! That's enough! Dugas, no! You free this man! He ran straight for them, but he didn't make it halfway before one of them shot him dead. <laughs> Their leader, she stabbed the condemned man. And I turned to run. There, yeah, there's another one. He's running. Take arms, my terrors and clansmen. Kill them! Come on, boys. Get it! Come on with me. Before they kill you. Go with you? Shh. Get on the raft. What, what do you do? Lay down flat. 
keep your head down. Say nothing. There's a boat over there! Mm. Ain't nobody in. There. Now ain't nobody getting anywhere in that boat. <laughs> Split up, knights. There ain't nowhere for him to run in this swamp. We'll flush him out. You know who it is? I got a hunch. Come on, boys. Let's get him. Laying flat on the raft, my rescuer paddled his way through the bayou in silence. How he found his way in that darkness, I'll never know. He turned up a side canal and finally sat up and spoke. You can sit up now. They won't be able to see us here. We got a few minutes until they come looking for you. Oh. Who are you? We met before, Inspector, at Mont Blanc. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. Emerson. Emerson. That's right. I'm a... I know who you are, Inspector. Well, where are you taking me? This some kind of old hunting shack? This is my home. I gotta hide you somewhere. They're gonna be here soon. Come around this side of the house. Going in. You're gonna hide me in a dog kennel? <laughs> Ain't no dog kennel. It's a coon pen. This here is Augie. You're locking me in with this raccoon? <laughs> He's pretty nice. Climb on into the coon house in the back there. Come here, Augie. Here. I got a little something for you. What are you feeding him? I'm putting rice pudding on his face. Makes him look like he's got the rabies. And he likes it. Get yourself all the way in there. Make sure your feet's tucked in. Here they come. Keep quiet. Hey, boy. Get on out here. We got some questions for you. Yes, sir? We're looking for somebody. You seen a white man come round this way? No, sir. Don't lie to us, boy. Ain't been no one round here. Jesus. This sure is one sorry nigger shack. You can have a look inside if you want. You telling me what to do, boy? What you got round back, a dog run? Careful there. There's a raccoon in there. Jesus Christ! I reckon he might be sick. You think? You ought to shoot that thing. You work for Widow Hubado, don't you, boy? Yes, sir, I do. You see that policeman from New Orleans, you let her know straight away. You understand me? I'll do that, sir. Don't you go getting all uppity. I can't stand no uppity nigger. You hear me, boy? <coughs> hey, now, he works for the Widow. Besides, we got more important fish to fry. We find out you've been lying to us. You gonna wish you'd never been born. <laughs> hey there, Augie. They've gone now. You can come on out now. Uh, I hardly know where to begin now. Thank you. Tomorrow I can take you in the canoe back to Vermilion. Wouldn't be safe tonight with them out there looking for you. You ain't likely to be safe even when you get back there. I'm much obliged. <laughs> Come on, Augie. Let's see if we got some supper in the crawfish trap. <laughs> mm -mm. Looks like supper for all of us. Hey, you like crawfish? Oh, sure. I'll boil us some water. <laughs> Don't let Augie eat them all. Emerson, what were you doing out there? About the same as you, I figure. 
I heard the Klan had it out for Thomas. I wanted to see what I could do to help. Not much. <laughs> you saved my life. Yep. That wasn't a regular Klan meeting. I wouldn't know. My first time. Well, it was mine, too. <laughs> I don't go in for that sort of... You know I'm not in the Klan. Didn't figure you was. It was half clan rally and half some kind of black magic. This folk say Widow Huberdo's a witch. That old book of hers has spells in it. Well, they were sacrificing Thomas in front of that tree. I don't know what it is, but that ain't no regular tree. Here, grab a handful of them crawdads and toss them in the pot. What do you mean it's not a regular tree? There's stories. Legends about that island and its tree. Ain't nobody who'd go near there except the clan. Well, what kind of legends? I don't remember that good. When I was a boy, there was an old blind man who'd tell us crazy old stories. They'd scare the bejesus out of my brothers and me. Can I talk to this old man? What, tonight? No, sir. You got a swamp full of clansmen looking to skin your hide, and you saying you want some old man to tell you stories. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Here, eat. We'll be safer if we lay low tonight. You want to stop this? The clan? You asking me that? Seriously? Take me to him. Tonight. So you went back out into the swamp? We did. Emerson knew his way about in the canoe. Now and again we heard the clansmen off in the distance as we paddled through the darkness. Where did he take you? It took maybe an hour, and we came to a kind of small hut standing on poles lifting it up out of the water. Leroy! Leroy, you hear me? Who's that? Leroy, it's me, Emerson. Uh, I don't see so good. Emerson who? Emerson Hardy. Hmm. You knew my father? Boy, I knew your daddy, and I knew your granddaddy. Hell, your grandmama was mighty keen on me until she met him. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Who's that there with you? John Raymond LaGrasse. You brought a white man here? He's a policeman, too. Boy, I ought to unload a round of buckshot right into your backside. I asked him to bring me here. I want to ask you about something. I got nothing to say to no white police. I want to know about the white tree. <sighs> Leroy, you all right there? Y'all best come inside and set a spell. Set yourselves down. Do you know what the tree I mean? There's only one white tree brings a white man out here in the middle of the night. It's not a normal tree, is it? You hush up now. I tell you about that tree. You decide for yourself. This was some time back. Would have been in the third year of the War of Northern Aggression. About April of 64. Like most slaves, I'd gone off to the war with my master. <laughs> he fought the Yankees, and I served him faithfully through it all. Colonel John Paul Hebert, the Louisiana Sixth Cavalry, Confederate States of America. 
We'd been in battles clear up to Fixburg and beyond. But now them Yankees, they moved down the Red River. We took a pretty good licking at a place called Monnett's Ferry. What was left of the colonel's troop got driven back way down deep in the swamp. We'd split off from the others, and the Union men, they came after us. Got to where we was driven into an island in the Cour Noir Bayou, and they bluebellies had us full surrounded. The nighttime came, and the colonel spoke to his men before this great big white oak tree. Men, I won't lie to you. At this point, few options remain for us. There's no good way out, and I'd wager the Yankees are going to come for us at sunrise. Our scout figures we're outnumbered about nine to one. Let them come, Colonel. We could fortify the north side of the island, sir, and try and repel their attack. A fine notion, son, but they've got us trapped here. We fortify one side, they'll cut right through our flanks. We could try and slip out while it's still dark. Hard to be stealthy when you're leading horses through a swamp in the dark, Sergeant. Well, sir. I'll be damned if I'll surrender to no Yankee. May the devil take me first. (laughs) It seems the only way out is in chains or in a coffin. Unless. Unless what, sir? We're prepared for anything, sir. You mean that, Sergeant? Yes, sir. We all are. You got a plan, Colonel? I knew it. I knew you'd find a way. Leroy, bring me the book. Through the war, I looked after my master's things. Amongst them was a great big old book, which he told me was more important than anything else he had, even money. So you can imagine, I took perfect care of that book. So I brung it out in front of that fire and the other soldiers. Men, every last one of us is going to die on this island. Now we can die a meaningless death, shot down by the ranks of Yankee dogs, or we can die in a way that will keep our cause alive and wreak havoc on our foes. I don't understand. What do you mean? This book has been in my family for generations. It calls on demons, and the devil, and things far worse. But if we give our lives unto them, they'll be forced to serve our cause for a thousand years. Oh, we die, but every bit of rage and contempt and spite we have for our enemies lives on. The fire in our blood feeds a power. And that power is bound to kill our enemies. All men die, and every man here's marked to die come sunup. Sure, we can stand and fight and fall to Yankee muskets, but if we make a stand and sacrifice ourselves, our cause endures forever. Now who's with me? I am. Me me too. For the cause. Uh And for you, Colonel. We'll do it. Forever defiant. Right, men? The Colonel had his men kneel in a circle at the foot of that great white tree. And then he took the book and read things. Well, I couldn't understand them, but it 
it seemed like he was striking some unholy bargain with the old scratch himself. As he read them devil words, he moved from man to man. Each soldier pledged his life and hate. And after he'd done so, the colonel, he took his bayonet to each of their necks. Ah, so much blood. One after the other, he killed them. All while reading from that unholy book. But after he'd done them all, it was only him and me left. Leroy, you've served me to the end. Now, I need you to do one last thing for me. I told him I wasn't no murderer, and I wasn't gonna do no such a thing. It's no murder. I'm ordering you to do it. Here, take the bayonet. Do it! I took that knife, but I couldn't do it. You do it, you damned good-for-nothing nigga! Klaveroth! Mikuros! My life makes that... I don't know what he called up from that book. Some demon, maybe Satan himself. But it come forth and went right into that white tree. And as I looked at it, I swear to you, that tree come to life. My limbs, they began to move like arms, reaching out and wrapping themselves around the poor dead soldiers. It weren't a tree no more. It was some thing come straight up from hell. It was the last thing my poor eyes ever did see. I saw it right out of my face. It was some time after that, days maybe, Yankee troops found me, blind, stumbling around all soft in the head. I ain't never been the same. I swear to you, that old white tree ain't never been the same. There's still something in it. And them white fellas, they used to go to it when the clan first got started, just after the war. And the clan kind of died off for 30 years or more. But you know how it is. Evil like that just won't stay dead. A few years back, folks started joining the clan again. And sure enough, them fellas start coming back to that white tree. What do you figure they do out there? Well, I wouldn't know. Same as before, I guess. They spit out their hate, and somehow, that tree soak it up. That's about how I figure it, too. You'd think them rich white fellas would have better things to do. I sure do wish that was true. Now, stopping the clan wasn't going to be like busting up the Cthulhu cult. These old boys had guns and would be willing to put up a hell of a fight. Were the men on your force even willing to stand up to the clan? Yeah, I wondered that too. And whatever I might try to do, there were a whole lot of men in this parish who wanted my hide. And what did you do? Uh, I figured whatever black magic they were up to out there, they needed the Widow Hubido's book. They'd kill Emerson for so much as talking to me, but he told me when the Widow would be out and said he'd unlock the case in the library for me. Didn't you need a warrant or something? Well, officially, yes, but there's as many judges in the clan as cops. Sometimes, you can't do things the official way. 
was about five o'clock in the afternoon, I had a cab run me out to the plantation. I slipped in the back door and went straight to the library. There in that glassed-in case was the book I'd seen her read from on the island. The case was unlocked, so I grabbed it up as swift as I could and headed out the door. Well, well, well. If it isn't the big city police inspector. Mm, Jerry. What do you say you fellas step aside and let me pass? I've been looking around for you, but ain't seen hide nor hair of you around town. And now look, here you are. I'm just heading out. So I see. You got a warrant for that old book you got there? No, sir, I do not. I know you like to stick by the rules. According to the rules, we'd have to call that stealing. You gonna come along nice now, or you planning to resist arrest? Oh, I don't figure you'll need your club, seeing as how there are so many of you. Smart choice, Inspector. Blue, take the book. Sorry, but cuffs will be required here, Inspector. Hands, please. Oh, and just one last thing. Hey, that's enough now. Well... I guess one more wouldn't hurt. Wake up, you! My terrors and clansmen. This man stands before us in a trial before God. He is charged with violating the secrecy of our eternal rights. He has profaned our sacred place of meeting. He has stolen our sacred Loran, the book of our divine imperial secrets. He has dared to interfere with our sacred cause. This so-called lawman has violated the laws of God. So is he charged. So is he charged. How do you plead, Inspector Legras? I do not acknowledge the authority of this court. He refuses the authority of our nation, God, and the clan. Terrors and clansmen, what verdict do you render? Guilty! We find you guilty as charged. My clansmen and terrors, what shall the sentence be? The greatest terror, the White Tree! Let blood be spilt and the Claveroth awakened. Bring forth the Cloran! No point in struggling the grass. There's no way this ends well for you. You don't have to do this, Jerry. This ain't me. You brought all this on yourself. Which of my terrors shall lend his blood in sacred offering? I will! Come forth to the flaming altar. Bring the condemned forth. That's you. Move. Bang Louis Magul Naf 
Cthulhu Raleigh, Waganagul Fatan. In the name of the name of the great old ones, I call thee unto life, Shub Nigurath, dreamer in death and devourer of the unrighteous. I here give my blood so that it may live. It lives! Kneel. Great one, take this sacrifice given unto you by the Knights of the Invisible Empire. The unrighteous die so that you may live. I don't hardly know how to describe it. As that man's blood spattered on that burning cross, I swear to you that tree came to life. It wasn't a tree. The limbs were great, white, twisting arms groping blindly towards me. I just froze. Take what is yours! So saith the sacred Cloran! The widow, she came for me, that book in one hand and a dagger in the other. I couldn't save myself, but the good lord, or maybe Le Grand Zombie, someone sent me an avenging angel. A black one. I'll take that man. It was Emerson. He ripped that old book from her arms and flung it into the flames. Save the book! How dare you! I got him! It was so fast. The book went into the fire and more pain shot him. I'd half lost my mind and looked away from the white tree and there was a snake, a big cottonmouth, right in front of me on the ground. I don't know why, and I sure don't know how, but I reached down, picked up that snake, and threw it right onto the shelf. Snake! Get it off me! The widow was about to use the dagger on Emerson. I gave her a shove from behind and learned something. Die, you lousy <laughs> Clan robes burn. <laughs> It was a scene from some painting of a medieval inferno. Serpents and flames and the devil incarnate. I didn't figure we'd leave that island alive. But that white tree, or whatever it was that inhabited that thing, reached its limbs out and took hold of the sheriff and the widow. And, well, hell had broke loose. That was the end of that conclave. Everyone on that island just ran for their lives, including yours truly. Grandpa. Oh, hell. I didn't mean to tell that whole story. I don't believe it. Well, that's probably for the best. But now you see why I encourage you to explore other career choices. What about architecture? Grandpa. What really happened? I don't suppose I truly know what happened. I just know what I saw that night. What happened to Emerson? I mean, you got away? Hmm. It was pure pandemonium. I grabbed him to make a run for it and pulled him to where he'd stashed his canoe. He was in a bad way, bleeding from where he'd been shot. I got steady. Just, just step up in. 
There you go. Just, just lay back there. Hold on. All, all right. I'm going to get you to a doctor. Not sure we got time for that, Inspector. I figure about now it's all right if you call me by my name. I'm John. John. Yes, sir, John. Now you just rest. Emerson. Emerson. What? I... I don't have the slightest idea where we're going. <laughs> you city fellas. Uh, I don't think it much matters where we go now. I know what you talk like that. A man should have something he can look forward to. A world better than this one. Well, that's... Now, something I, I don't understand. Why'd you do it? How's that? What's a black man doing saving a, a white policeman at a Klan rally? Twice. I didn't do nothing but what any man ought to do. It was you. You put the gree-gree in my pocket. Yes, sir, I did. But why? I said a prayer to Le Grand Zombie for help. Then you turned up. I guess you were the answer to my prayer. Not really what I had in mind, but... <clears throat> Hell now. It was you who saved me. Now, which way you figure I should go up here? We, we, we want the canal, right? Emerson? Emerson? Inspector! Welcome back. Lieutenant Jabberley. How is Vermilion? I saw in the paper something about a liquor still blowing up at a clan rally out that way. You hear about that? There was some talk of it. Head over thing. I can't imagine. The clan usually frowns on bootlegging. In public, anyway. <laughs> well, sometimes, Lieutenant. Folks aren't what they appear to be. Amen to that. <gasps> Find any ties between Lavash and your swamp cult? Nope. Ah, oh, beans. Anything on that dead Negro Lavash mentioned? That'll be all, Lieutenant. Oh. Oh, oh, yes, sir. I'll, um, I'll just go now. Courage. Justice. You don't need to be a policeman for that. Probably better if you're not. But you stopped them. I mean, without you, they'd still be... Ah, forget it. Don't pay no mind to a word I said tonight. Yes, just the bourbon talking. If you were trying to talk me out of it, you didn't succeed. We need policemen. There's men out there we should be afraid of. That there are. But you'll never know which ones they are just by looking at them. You've been listening to The White Tree, a dark adventure radio theater original tale brought to you by our sponsor, Grip You Right, the trust that's guaranteed to treat your rupture right. 
Until next week, this is Creighton Cobb reminding you never to go anywhere alone. If it looks bad, don't look and save the last bullet for yourself. The White Tree was written by Sean Branny and produced by Sean Branny and Andrew Lehman. Original music by Troy Sterling Meese. The Dark Adventure Ensemble featured Leslie Baldwin, Sean Branny, Casey Camp, Miles Cranford, Holly Hunt, Andrew Lehman, Jacob Lyle, Barry Lynch, Grinnell Morris, Dutch Neil Smith, David Paveo, Ken Saunders, Kevin Stidham, Josh Temke, and Time Winters. Tune in next week for The Prisoner of the Glacier, a two-fisted tale of Neanderthal vengeance. Dark Adventure Radio Theater is a production of the HPLHS Broadcasting Group, a subsidiary of HPLHS Incorporated, copyright 1931, plus 85.